0: We joined on the line now by Narina Fisser, strategist at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to the listeners. Now, Narina, just looking at uh, Moody's once again, the ratings agency. Uh, they were back in the news yesterday when they announced that uh, they have further downgraded the expected GDP growth for South Africa. Is this a surprise,
1: though? Um, no, not really. You know, even our own um, Treasury forecasts have been reduced to below 1%, sitting at 0.9%. There are other forecasts of 07 out there. Moody's yesterday downgrading it to 0.5%. Um, but there are many, many sort of forecasts out there that are even lower than that. And as much as we focus on commodity markets, for example, and, and clearly the slump in export value because of the declining commodity markets, really what Moody's is saying is that they attribute to the latest downgrade to the, the severe drought, the worst drought that we've had on record. We've spoken about this before, you know, in, in Johannesburg in particular, we've had some, some great rains in recent times, but unfortunately, in many of our agricultural parts of the land, the, the rain just has not been enough, and South Africa will be forced to import significant amounts of, of maize and food, really, to, to, to assist us through this period. So, um, what what sort of, you know, we're very aware of the negative impact, of course, of the economic growth. Um, What does make this a little bit more um, sort of a positive angle is that it will make it harder for the Reserve Bank to continue rising, raising interest rates at too high a level. And I think that is maybe... Something that, when you combine it with the inflation um, data that will be out later today, um, might give us a different backdrop in terms of the future path of interest rates. Although in South Africa we are firmly on the path of rising interest rates, I do think that that cycle might be shallower and <clears throat> sorry much longer before we actually see significant increases in interest rates.
0: Okay, let's move along from that swiftly. (laughs) Now, yesterday we spoke about an oversupply in commodity markets, Narina, and uh, looked at that as being one of the major driving forces of lower prices. And then the agreement between Russia and Saudi Arabia on capping
1: oil output. Will this boost oil prices? (laughs) You know what, um, unfortunately not. You know, we actually saw yesterday late during our trading day um, a a big slump again in the oil price after this news came out because I think where the market was really disappointed is that we actually need a cut in output. We don't need a cap on existing output levels. Also, Russia and Saudi Arabia, although they are two fairly major producers of oil, does not by any means represent the majority of oil-producing nations in the world. So what you really need is for everybody to come to come to the party and to come on board. And we haven't seen a coordinated response by the suppliers and the, the producers of oil and other commodity um, uh, producers to really bring a, um, a reduction in output, which is what is sorely needed if we want to see a sustainable rise in commodity prices. So, again, a positive impact for that. We can expect that there will probably be um, a, a good uh, decline and reduction in our petrol price come uh, come March, which certainly, again, would help cash-strapped consumers Consumers and consumers, who now have to deal with uh, with higher interest and inflation and food prices in South Africa. So as long as the oil prices can remain relatively low, as bad as it is for um, for maybe for global markets, certainly this is this is providing some sort of relief in terms of of rising inflation and and cost of living for South Africans and many other people around the world as well.
0: And Lorena also making headlines yesterday uh, with the annual results um, of Anglo American. Now, will they be reducing production and output, and how soon do you think we'll see the effect of that?
1: So, when we look at sort of the headlines in terms of Anglos. Not just their results, but also their intention of selling a lot of their assets. You know, they're talking about reducing it from forty-five different operations to just sixteen over the next three to four years, and then they also talk, of course, about the reduction in their headcount. And I think I think one of the biggest concerns for people when they hear about these big labor-intensive mining companies reducing or selling assets, that that will necessarily lead to job losses as well. What I want to to emphasize this morning is this is a sale of their assets and typically you find that labor will move with those assets. So this does not represent um, a, a, a reduction in employment numbers directly, but these, uh, the headcount at, at um, Anglos will reduce, but a lot of those jobs should be moving along with the assets as well. Um, in response to your question, will this sort of, is, does this represent a cut in output? No, it doesn't. You know, selling the asset means you're just basically selling it to someone else that would still be producing. So again, um, a lot of this um, that we 're seeing in the commodity market in the mining companies at the moment is that they are reducing sort of their own debts, their own balance sheets they 're selling assets in order to sort of try and survive, but this is still not take any production off the table and so I reiterate what I said earlier also is that until we actually see a, a proper supply side response in reducing actual production, the commodity prices are going to remain under pressure, and we will see the sort of act, um, actions that come companies like Anglo-American have to take, um, you know, a significant reduction from um, what for decades was the largest company on the JSE to, um, to not even featuring um, in the top 10 nowadays. So really a massive decline. Also interesting to see which are the assets that Anglo-American will actually be, be keeping. They are going to focus and concentrate on its De Beers diamond business as well as its platinum and copper assets. And one might query sort of the, or question the particular sort of mix of assets that they're going to focus on, but in their books, these are the ones where they really are the most have the most competitive edge. So this is not necessarily about um, that those are the assets or the commodities in, on which they are most um, uh, positive about the future, but rather where they feel that they are best positioned to really have the competitive edge to eke out the, the, the competition and really um, in that way shore up their own balance sheet and the, and the future of the company.